Josh and Anthony, thank you both so much for being here today. Yeah, absolutely. We're happy to be here, man. Yeah, man. I was pretty excited when you when you reached out. You know, you told me you, you got a furniture store and have since converted it uh, to a furniture and sports card store. Quite the combo. Uh, before we get into all that, tell us a little bit about yourselves, who each of you are, and what it is you buy, collect, enjoy about the hobby. Sure. Well, I, I figured everyone's town has a furniture slash card shop. Like that's, that's you're right. I, and if they don't, they should. You're absolutely right. My <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I guess with, with me, I mean, I started collecting as a kid, like a lot of people's story goes, and, and I got out of the hobby for quite a long time. And I don't know if it was just because uh, I didn't watch as many of the sports as I used to, or I just stopped collecting first. I don't know what went hand in hand, but um, when I when I got back into collecting again like a lot of people uh almost a year year and a half ago when we started again he kind of got me into it and uh or back into it mm -hmm. and i always leaned baseball and football that was just it's what i watched the most and and that's what i i really started collecting again mm -hmm. and uh it was just it was it was fun getting back into it it was a, it was a huge relief you know like a lot of us were trying to find product in the in the early days of covid and we still are even as even having a car shop it's hard enough but um yeah, I mean, just getting into ripping packs again as an adult, it's like rehashing that childhood memory all over again. And then, you know, obviously you got a little more money in place. So you can kind of kind of build the collection around the cards you actually want of the players. And so, uh, you know, I, I personally, I collect Josh Allen. That's my that's my dude. Great so. defensive lineman for the Jaguars. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, was that was a brutal game to watch. But that was, it was well, well played by at least one Josh Allen. <laughs> it happens. All right, yeah. what about you, Anthony? Uh, so, I mean, the same kind of timeline, um, basically a little over a year ago, my wife and I uh, were – we purchased our first house, and I think kind of I did what everyone did and during COVID is um, – getting ready for the house we were packing everything up to move and one of the things you do when you're packing is you find old stuff and i found yeah. all the old cards in a closet and i started going through the boxes and got pretty reminiscent of you know collecting when i was a kid and so we started kind of looking for cards at target and, and going to walmart and seeing if we could find these restocks and it just kind of you know went off from there and um you know, I kind of got into, I've always been a big sports fan. I play a lot of sports video games. I played a ton of FIFA and I don't know if you're familiar with FIFA, but they have FIFA ultimate team. Yeah. And, well, I like Madden. I'm a Madden guy, but yeah. yeah. So Madden has the same thing. Madden yeah, yeah. Ultimate team. And the gist is you, you basically, you rip packs to get better players for playing the game. And I thought to myself, I'm spending all this money playing FIFA ultimate team to get players out of packs. Why not start putting that money into actual cards and, and collecting actual you know players and and having some value in it and that's kind of that was the catalyst you know we were getting ready to move and i found my old stuff out and you know like i said the two of us just started hey i'm at target there's cards here come pick some up and you know ripping packs and just really enjoying collecting again yeah the goal in the beginning like we didn't plan any of this like i, I mean that sounds crazy to think that you just kind of like ran head first into this but like the whole the whole reignition into that hobby like it, it just, it was just all organic, just was having fun with it. And then we realized like, no offense to, I mean, we've been doing furniture for like eight years and we know furniture front and back, up and down. And it's, uh, it's heavy and, and it's not always the most fun. And, yeah. and, and so I think what we, when we kind of like discovered the, the affinity for like cards and, and the hobby and everything again, like that just <clears throat> took over. Like we were like, how do we incorporate something that brings us immense joy on a day-to-day -day basis? It may be a little bit too much joy, a little bit too much money sometimes, depending on how much we rip. 
Like, how do we incorporate and then something we do and then get to connect with a bunch of other people that we more normally wouldn't get to. And that just like there's there was like an idea that blossomed like, hey, maybe we yeah. can do this like in the shop. We already have the storefront. Like maybe we can maybe we can offer something that we're personally, you know, big into. And we know there's a ton of other people in there as well. And so and where are y'all at exactly? We're Syracuse, New York. Syracuse. Uh, it's, it's upstate New York. So most yeah, sure, of sure. New York, you know. Yeah. And then so you got this furniture store and you look around and you say, we got all this furniture. It's a lot of places for people to sit and look at cards. So how did you start saying like, like, how did you start promoting with furniture and cards, right? Like, did you just put a sign out front also selling baseball cards? You know, like what happened? It's been, it's been a, it's been a long, we're still, I mean, the way we built this business, I mean, like we've been the furniture for eight years, but like, this is like having this whole new card shop element of the business. It's like having a business from day one. So it's the same grind from like, you know, a lot of it's word of mouth. It's like starting over again. Cause when you think about like, we we've had other pieces of here in the store other than just furniture over the years we've had um you know home decor lamps you know lighting wall art stuff like that so we've always had other things other than just your your bread and butter furniture pieces a lot of ebay stuff yeah you know a lot of ebay smalls and when you go into houses you see all sorts of different collectibles so you know i think we always kind of had something in the store other than just the furniture but this became something that like was kind of you looked forward to going into the store you know we get a lot of opportunities to talk to a lot of different people about what they collect what we collect um which is a lot cooler when you talk about dressers i mean there's really not much to say how many drawers does you have what style of wood is it i mean that it gets more after eight years of talking about dressers that gets a little old but you know every new person that comes in and talks about cards you've got a fresh conversation every time i mean we started like in the very beginning before like the first i mean we built we physically built it out quite a bit it wasn't all the display cases that we currently have and all the product we currently have but like when we started a lot of it was our personal collection that we wanted to like get the cases like filled with and then just kind of getting stuff on the shelves that that whole process i don't know i mean i know you, you've talked to a lot of people about this in different walks of life in this hobby but they're the the uh, distributors, uh, man, it's tough. It's, um, I mean, I'm not going to name names, but it's, it's very, it's a very difficult business in general to break into. And we've had to kind of grind it out in terms of getting product allocation, which is our, our, it's our biggest hurdle is, is having the right stuff here when people come in aside from the singles and, and, and that process, what's tough is you want to offer the cheapest that you can offer your customer mm -hmm. uh, while keeping it around fair market. Cause you don't want flippers to come into the store and be buying your stuff and reselling it at, at, at you know at the secondary value but right. the, the issue for us is the distributors have really capitalized on this whole this whole um explosion of you know like interest and in, in value in the hobby so we're buying pretty much a lot of our sealed product which we have pretty much in the store just to have it for our customers it's at like 90 95 percent there's really not a lot of margin yeah. and they're making theirs and i understand they have a business to run but it's it's been tough so it leaves us in a position where we have to kind of buy you know from secondary market uh, a lot and uh we're just trying to figure out how we get not only how we get people in through the door and excited about what we're doing but like how we how we offer stuff at a fair value and, and make sure they understand we're not we're not pricing it at that high price because we want to, like we we have to, otherwise we'll be going backwards. It's it's a weird element to have to try to adjust to. It makes a lot of sense. You know, when I think about like card shops back in the day, I mean, obviously they could make money off of boxes, but I mean, and they did, 
but also like we didn't have the liquidity of cards that we have today. And so when I think of shops, you know, 15 years ago, you know, guys would buy, I mean, they were buying cards off of people, you know, off the street at 50% book value and then selling at 90% book value, you know, like there was a lot of margin for them there. Do y'all have anything like that? Or, or is most of the singles in your case kind of stuff that, that you've opened up and you're just selling? We, we got away more so from like just providing our own singles and, and stuff uh, and just putting them in the case. Uh, we, we, you know, organically people would come in as more and more people found out about us and, and continue to, and they'd come in and they say, Hey, listen, I have a collection. And we've had to figure out that process from the get go. Like, how do you price a collection? Because now you're talking about overhead, time invested, and it's not about you know just buying at fifty percent and selling at a at a you know the the full realized value. It's it's figuring out how much your time is actually worth, and that's been an interesting kind of process to try to gauge like how we can appropriately buy collections and, and let people know the offer why the offer we're making is fair. Um, and, and it's just it's been that's been a learning process in and of itself. But we've had a lot of uh, I'd say we like three or four collections have come in big ones where we've spent a lot of time just sorting and, and, and getting the stuff in the cases. Um, and then the, the other part of that is just, man, the, the market, I mean, you know, it changes on a day to day, week to week. So we feel like we price stuff out in a week, yeah. you know, we're either undervalued or overvalued. So that's, that's a tough, that's a tough thing to stay on top that's, of. And that's itself. the absolute biggest difference between furniture is with furniture. We kind of are the market in our area because there's not very many secondhand furniture stores. So we can kind of use our gut to sell a piece based on, you know, the condition, the style, we can kind of, you know, gauge that. Whereas with cards, I mean, literally a player has a big game. I mean, look at like Mike White. I mean, after his game, his cards yeah. quadrupled overnight. And it's just out of nowhere. And, and that doesn't happen with furniture. So that's something that's incredibly difficult to kind of manage because we are essentially operating two different businesses at the same time and so to stay on top of the card stuff it, it's very difficult and it just it changes so quickly heck we had a trade night our first trade night a couple weeks ago and uh we had a trayvon Diggs in our uh twenty dollar and under bin for 12 15 dollars mm-hmm. and Damn. uh we had no idea it was up to yeah. about 120 we're yeah, like oh it was, it was a we uh, gotta stay on top of this a prism pink auto that we had priced <laughs> oh at 20. my gosh and it was going for like still no I one bought it so. 130 or 140 and no one bought it it was sitting in our it was sitting in our bin and uh you know I, what ended up happening is someone brought it up and asked if i could do better and i you know i checked ebay comps to see if i was a little low on the on the price <laughs> that greedy I, bastard it was worth five times what i was asking i'm like i actually i have to be firm on the 20 and uh, we would we were gonna sell it yeah, yeah if he had like, said i'll yeah. take it for 20 i would have sold it for 20 i would have honored it but he, and it's he didn't take it and he left and said i was like okay well i mean we see all these people talk about value bins and we're like we're like man next show we go to we got to check out all these value bins and the dollar bins we've had good luck buying from other dealers at shows and here we are we're the guys we're the yeah. guys. <laughs> well it's so hard man even me i have a small inventory you know and i had somebody roast me in the comments once because they're like you have a card listed you know two and a half times over comps and i'm like i just I just forgot that card was even listed. You know, I mean, like it's just it. You know, the comps change so fast. You know, it was like a month later. You know, stuff changes. So probably the price is listed, but then here's you know, the thing, a couple weeks goes by. They don't thank you when they get a deal. You yeah. know, yeah. Gonna, they'll call yeah. you out when you're overcharging, but you know, yeah. when you're under, they're gonna be very hush about that and just now. You know, 
Y'all have shown a lot of, well, you know, you got a lot of wax behind you. And for the audience, I mean, they can't tell, but you've got individual cards in that case in front of you. But, you know, for the most part, when you look at your inventory, well, you know, how would you classify it? I don't mean wax, sealed, individual, whatever. I mean, is, is it uh, modern, ultra modern? You know, what, what's it, the breakup? Probably mostly ultra modern. Mostly ultra modern. And most of it is like the current retail stuff. Um, I mean, we do, we definitely buy some hobby boxes and we try and, um, and get a decent amount of that the issue is is we don't get any pre-order allocation for hobby okay. boxes currently um i do have some pre-orders in starting with like 2022 tops products um we're starting to earn some allocations but essentially what i've had to do since we started this up is buy at like basically market value from our distributor and kind of build that relationship up and now we're just starting to get in some early pre-order opportunities where we can, you know, order full cases and have a decent price on that instead of paying, you know, say I, I just paid I think $89 for a hobby box of update. And, you know, that was a little bit more than it was actually up for on Tops' website. So really, you know, we're not being left a ton of room at the moment, but we are starting to kind of build up a, a volume of purchases from them where we are starting to just now get into some pre-orders where we can obviously do better in yeah. the future. It's almost like that. It's like uh, when you go into Best Buy and you like walk in and, and I mean, I used to work there years and years ago, but they always used to say, man, our margins are not on the TVs and the laptops. We don't make our money there. It's the accessories. And the way we look at the, the sealed product is, you know, have it on the shelf. And get a good selection and don't worry so much about what your margins are on that and and really the mar the margins really come in repeat customers it's it's the it's the singles which is which has the most margin for us and it's just getting people in the door over and over again and you only do that by creating that like atmosphere where people want to come back they don't feel like they're getting price gouged they like the selection you have and then just natural word of mouth that's our yeah. biggest obstacle right now just getting people to spread the word and it's tough there's only one other card shop in town and he's been here for about 30 years. He's, he's a good guy. It's just, uh, he's got a real built in following and we're trying to get a piece of that because we know that we have something to offer this community. You know? And I mean, how, how are you acquiring your singles? Well, a lot of it is a, a lot of it originally was the two of us. We were taking our own personal cards that we were opening as we were just getting back into the hobby and anything that we didn't, want and anything that wasn't you know a massive hit we were kind of starting to get our our dollar box our two to five dollar box which kind of is now a two to ten and and you know we were starting that way and and then we started getting into you know when we would buy products we would open up a couple of packs out of a box or open up an entire box of a new set to have singles that were fresh and new coming in um and, but we now we have bought a couple of collections and uh you know, the last couple of local card shows we've done, we've gone up to dealers at the end and, you know, looked at their boxes and been like, hey, you got a number for everything? And we would basically take everything that we were earning at these shows, if not spending more than we were earning yeah. at the shows, and buying more stuff off people in bulk to keep kind of bolstering up what we have going on here. Because, you know, that's the one thing that we can offer people is a lot of selection when it comes to the singles. We have a 5100 square foot building so yeah this uh, is just the this eventually is a, we can continue to grow out the main room here and have yeah. even more space dedicated to cards so, so we showed you the front of the 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 this is really our main main room um where we're set up but we have another 5,000 square feet back there which i, I don't think i ever want the cards to uh take over that much space sure, uh, yeah. 
but it's it's one of those things where we we can totally see it building out. I think the front front room is about twelve hundred square feet or so. Mm -hmm. But you know, to to go back a, a, just two seconds and and um, uh, wow, I lost my train of thought. Uh, what was the question right before this? Singles. How are you buying singles? Singles. Oh, yeah. Um, man, I. I had it in my head. Oh, show dollar bill. This was a little bit unrelated of a thought. I'm sorry, man. It's the end of the day. It's like six fifty. No, I'm brains fried from everything. It's fine. Um, basically, one of the other things I thought was cool, and we, we thought we'd offer, and we're starting to see more of an uptick in, in like kids coming in and 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 checking out the the product is like there's a there's a local there's a triple A team here, the Syracuse Mets. So we see a lot of uh, scouts or you know um uh you know um, players that are about to hit the majors come through whether they're playing for the Mets or the other teams around town. And we've noticed in the lo a lot of our dollar bins, the two to $10 bins, it's really cool because we'll see kids come in or adults and, and pick through it. And it's not about have it's not about having valuable cards so much as having the right cards for the situation that someone wants. And like being able to see some people pick out five cards and then go to the game and then come back with like a smile on their face mm -hmm. and be like, listen, dude, we got to meet the guy. He signed the cards. Yeah. Like, that's just cool. Like that brings us into another element of the hobby where we get to like vicariously experience that like joy the hobby brought us as kids. And, and you know, we just we, we show up to work every day, nose down and do our job. And we get to kind of see how other, other people enjoy, you yeah, know, something is... we got to be a part of. There's one local kid who every time any big prospect comes through, it whether like uh, who was it for the Mets that was hurt? McNeil when McNeil was yeah, here, Jeff McNeil. he came in and was picking up McNeil cards or you know any other big prospects for for the traveling visiting teams. He would come in and peer through our baseball boxes looking for you know a, a Bowman uh, prospect card or something that he could yeah. bring to get a couple of cards signed. And, uh, you know, then we saw him at the next show or the next time he comes in and he lets us know, he's like, yeah, I picked up four autos at the last game. I'm like, you know, and that's a cool experience to be able to, to offer stuff like that where someone can go over and, you know, just grab a couple of autos at the ballpark. Because, you know, I remember doing that when I was a kid. Yeah, no, that's pretty sweet, man. And then, I mean, you're talking about selling in the shop and, and, and trying to grow that. Are you doing any selling online, too, or are you kind of concentrated to just the shop? Yeah, so we we've always done eBay um, from day one, even before day one. That's really how I got started with all this. But um, basically, we we will sell we will sell more of the expensive cards, uh, or at least offer them uh, on eBay, and then still have them in our display case in the store. And if yeah. someone's looking at something that's on eBay, like we're always a hundred percent of the time willing to like work with them better, um, you know, locally. Um, but we, we, we do sell a lot on eBay. As a matter of fact, our eBay store at this point, it feels like it's half antiques and collectibles and half sports cards. Hopefully it keeps veering one, one direction more than the other, mm -hmm. but, um, we're building that out and, um, we're definitely focusing. I mean, it's, it's one of the ways we're able to turn product from collections we buy and then yeah, sure. back into the business and then decide where we get to recycle that money. And, and put, you I mean, know, yeah. It really seems almost impossible to really run just like a strict brick and mortar card shop these days i mean there's just so much volume offered online yeah yeah and the thing too is is there's Absolutely. so many people looking for so many different cards that you'll never have them all you'll never be able to have every card for every person whereas you know yeah. you up on a number of different sites online and find that exact card you're looking for yeah like you're used you're houston right or do you yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. so like we don't have a market in terms of i mean there's there's obviously like we uh we definitely um, we have a couple of other players that wouldn't sell so hot here just because they don't have as much appeal as down in you know your neck of the woods. Yeah, you talked about uh, Trayvon Diggs there a second ago, and well, a while ago now. And just pro tip from being in the hobby, man, 
don't don't short yourself on cowboys man they sell i don't know why they sell a thousand times high like you could have the third string practice squad running back for the cowboys and his car it's a ten dollar auto all day you know that's a 50 cent auto for any other team but for the cowboys that's 10 bucks man i meant to mention that with trayvon yeah that's what are they called cowboys america's sweetheart is that america's America's team yeah Yeah, from back in the 90s. I'm sure y'all being up in Syracuse don't care too much for the Cowboys, though. Yeah, I mean, not personally. I'm more of a Bills guy myself. (laughs) Well, and a Jaguars guy, as we found. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And Anthony, what did you – I don't know if you said – did you say what you collected? Uh Uh-oh. Might have lost you. Oh, you glitched for a second. Glitched for a second there. Sorry. Did you say what you collected, Anthony? Was it soccer card? You mentioned FIFA. Oh, yeah, so I'm a I'm a Niners fan and a Bulls fan. Um, so you can tell that I was picking winners in the early '90s when I was a kid, obviously. Um, but yeah, I do a lot of soccer. I um, I PC Messi, uh, uh, Mbappe, and Zlatan. Um, those are the big three. I'm getting into some of the some of this year's rookie class a little bit too, because um, uh, you know there's a lot of pretty hyped young players right now, and I think soccer's. Uh, you know, internationally, it's obviously much bigger bigger than it is here in the States, but it's starting to kind of grow a little bit over here. And, uh, you know, so I'm excited for the World Cup next year. And I think that the, the soccer hobby could really start to get a lot of attention over the next, uh, you know, year or so here. Y'all remember uh, the TV show Home Improvement? Yeah. You know, one the oldest son, Brad, I think is his name, right? He, he, he played soccer, right? And uh, I just feel like ever since the 90s, people say, oh, soccer's going to catch on. It's going to catch on. It's not, yeah. not going to catch on. <laughs> I mean, until it's true. <laughs> yeah. Until it happens, it ain't happening. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. <laughs> I mean, it might happen. Who knows? All right, so you talked about, you know, Josh Allen and then some soccer guys we got over there, plus Niners and Bulls. You know, when you buy for your collection, what is what is it y'all are looking for? Are you looking for just phenomenal Josh Allen rookie autos or, you know, what are you looking for? You want to take it? So, I mean, personally, I, I I don't think I really have a style. So when it comes to, you know, getting back into the hobby, I had a lot of catching up to do. Um, so I've started by kind of grabbing, you know, mostly rookies and autos and numbered stuff of guys that I like. Um, so, you know, I, I picked up a Bosa National Treasures RPA. Um, I picked up a Debo Samuel. I liked, uh, like, he had a Gridiron Kings auto that had that kind of that cool portrait look. Yeah. I picked that auto up. I picked up uh, a George Kittle select gold die cut to 10. So I've, I've, I've targeted players that I like and uh, and just kind of picked out. A, I haven't really, you know, gone too much with PSA or graded stuff um, too much yet because, you know, a lot sometimes some of those values get pretty crazy and uh, – you know, for stuff that I want for my PC, I'm, I'm more worried about just liking the card yeah, uh, and then having it be worth a ton or whatever. So that's, you know, that's kind of what I've just been looking for cards that I think, you know, have a nice eye appeal to me. I started the same way as him, but I went, I went opposite recently. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I, for baseball, like I, I was a Blue Jays fan growing up because the, the Mets team used to be the Syracuse Chiefs and they were the farm team, the AAA farm team for the Blue Jays. Mm-hmm. So when I got back into watching baseball, which I couldn't believe. Uh, I guess side note, uh, the MLB, um, MLB.com uh, to get a season's pass is like $130. And yeah. I thought, oh, okay, I can get a NFL.com pass for the same price. It's about 10 times more. And you yeah. got- <laughs> NFL knows what they got. <laughs> first, uh, back into watching it, and I was collecting Bichette. I thought that was so cool because, you know, his dad played back in the day when I was growing up and, and Biggio with his dad. And 
and that was just neat getting to kind of see the second generation of stuff. And then I got, I got, I don't know what happened. Oh yeah. I pulled a, I pulled a big Luis uh, Robert um, top Sapphire card and I immediately started learning about him, following him. And I was building out kind of collections of both of those. And then semi-recently I kind of, I traded out of the cards, which was really tough to do because I, I found the, you know, it was the same thing as a kid. I got emotionally attached to certain players, certain cards. And uh, I traded out uh, some of the, the cards I had that even though I really liked the, the players, I decided I was going to either prospect on certain players I thought were undervalued um, or I was going to save up and get at least one or two big PC cards that um, I could basically take 30 or 40 hundred dollar cards or just keep trying to sell them off to afford one bigger card. And um, what I did is I, I for baseball, I PC'd Ryan Mountcastle because I think the dude is he's, he's young. He put up great numbers in his rookie season. And I think one of the biggest problems with him is he's on the Orioles and they don't get a lot of love. And I feel like yeah. he's got a lot of room to just prove himself in his second and third and coming years. And then, of course, I spent a little bit too much on a couple of Josh Allen PC cards. So hey, it's not too much if it's PC. It's just market value. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah I was just look. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. It's all you. All you. I was just looking at. Uh, Oh, was what? What's the Orioles guy's name you just said? Uh, Ryan Mountcastle. Right, yeah, Mount Mount, Mount Castle. I was just looking at a couple of his autos. His Bowman autos, Chrome's go for like fifty bucks for all. I was like, that seems like a good deal. I don't know. Yeah, I just, I, I think, I think right now is a good. I mean, in general, probably with the baseball season being over, if it's not brave stuff, it's probably affordable at the moment. And I think we're just kind of entering that that kind of time of the year where we can start looking at like the players that put up numbers, or maybe not even monster numbers, but just showed promise you know and then you can start kind of planting the seeds and for fifty dollars i mean like i don't I feel like you can't go wrong for a bowman's first auto uh, yeah. of a guy you know especially one that has you know a huge career potentially ahead of him i mean what what's the worst case he doesn't perform second year and you're only out 50. right I don't know. Yeah. risk aversion to some degree but i think you're safe at 50 bucks yep all right got and what uh i want to ask you what's your favorite card in your pc for both of you I mean, I can grab mine right now. That doesn't leave my hand. I want to see it. I want to see this. Any given point. I want to see this sick Jaguar patch, man. I'm looking forward. To that. <laughs> I don't know. You're gonna either be pleasantly surprised or, or disappointed, depending on. <laughs> so, there's. I'll show you two cards. Uh, so, the, I, I, I'll show you the, the most recent one I bought, which uh, which was a big purchase for me. But this was a. Josh Allen, um, tricolor level. Yeah, in a mint ten. Yeah, team color. I, uh, I I traded or sold a lot of cards to be able to afford that. I'm still selling cards to be able to afford that. <laughs> uh, my favorite one is just because of the story. I mean, it's a it's a great card. But uh, about a year ago, uh, uh, the day before New Year's Eve, um, okay. I'm sitting at his house for a party and get together. And I'm sitting there and I'm going, man, I've never spent more than like a hundred dollars on a card. And I'm like, but I'm feeling, I'm feeling like Josh Allen's going to be something big. And I'm, I'm already a believer. And I was like, I think I'm going to go for one of those big rookies. And I'm looking online and they had one for like a thousand dollars or a thousand dollars and 50. And, and uh, I asked the guy, if he, I think it was like 975. He agreed on doing, and I'm sitting there and I'm going, I'm going to buy it. I'm going to buy it. And he's telling me the whole time. He says, no, don't I do it. Wrong. It's a bad idea. Do I not was, buy that card. I was right. I go, I got to go with my gut. I got to go with my gut. <laughs> Yeah. So I went with my gut, and here we are. Uh, but that's a PC card. I'm not looking to trade these. I just, I mean, it makes it even more fun to watch, too. That's one of the other elements of collecting mm -hmm. I totally forgot about. It just has you rooting for people. Yeah. And, it, it also makes it less fun to watch sometimes, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like when Josh Allen intercepts Josh Allen. Yeah. Yeah. That's, 
it's no fun what about you anthony what's uh what's in the pc i mean what's um, the top end stuff you enjoy well actually there i have a couple that are out at, at grading so um, a couple a couple <laughs> yeah a couple um so uh, i pulled out of uh, this year's la liga mosaic out of a blaster box um actually the sec i op- i got two of these and i i stopped after number two because i pulled the uh, the messy to 25 out of my second blaster of la liga man and uh yeah super lucky and uh so you know that was like my first really big hit on a player that i liked um and then the other one i have is i, I have two i have a, a 61 mantle and a 68 mantle that my dad left me that are out of sgc right now and um 61 is the year my dad was born so um that's a pretty important card to me so i'm yeah. ready to get it in a in a in a slab and uh you know put it on display at the house and it should be back in a couple of years yeah yeah we'll see yeah. Yeah. no she's not too bad oh it's so, sgc yeah no, you're SGC's good you're not good. too bad yeah we'll get that. <laughs> yeah have it back next week man if it's sgc maybe this let, me, let me ask you this it's gonna be a, it might be hard to answer i don't know but you, you talked about with furniture you know you go with your gut you know what you've been you know your hands are you know dirty with it you understand it but with cards, I mean, you just talked about the Allen going with your gut. But I mean, obviously, you, this is a business for you. It's about profit loss. It's about making money. And I understand it's a hobby too, and you're enjoying it. I, I just mean, you know, from your storefront perspective, though. I mean, when you're looking at buying cards or anything like that, how much, how, how much uh, do you use your gut, or do you think you're just going straight off of comps and you're trying to find good deals, or you know, what's kind of your process on that? I feel like when it's a bigger card and like someone comes in through the store, like when we're looking at when we're looking at a comp card and it's a more expensive, it's a heck of a lot easier to price it out. And and you don't have to be as you don't have to factor in the labor and the time and, and whatnot that goes into having to sell it and advertise, whether it's on eBay or where, where, wherever have you. But, but basically with the collections, that's got to be more gut. I mean, it's it's the that's been the biggest, the toughest part of trying to figure out what's fair to you and the person that you're purchasing from so that everybody's happy and everyone's you know making the money they need to make and uh and that that's more that's more just like kind of doing a quantity count and knowing that you're probably missing a couple of cards in there but you you try to identify what's good out of the collection but it's a guess and check process i mean we haven't got it down perfect we definitely bought collections where after the amount of time, I mean, I've spent three weeks, four weeks going through a collection every night after I come home from work, staying up till God knows when in the morning. And, uh, you know, it just, that's not a healthy way to kind of sort through a collection. But on the backside of it, I looked at it and I thought, I have literally dozens and dozens of hours of sorting through this. And if, I mean, I don't, I don't have to worry so much about what it costs for me. I mean, I should. Right. But it's, there's a real cost there, and that's that's the tough part for us is is the more collections we look at and buy, and we kind of get a feel of like, all right, well, what's this going to cost us in terms of labor? And funny enough, we just hired. Yeah, we just hired um, one of the local kids to do some sorting and pricing on our smaller stuff for us. He's been coming into the store, you know, twice, three times a week for the last couple of months, and finally we're like, hey, you want to, you know, you want a part-time job doing yeah. some. We're- we're sitting, we're sitting at the bar last week, literally, I think it was a week, week and a half ago. We're sitting at the bar. It's been a long day. We're just, we just, I don't know what we were coming from. And we, we met up, had a drink and I'm sitting there and I'm just trying to get my thoughts together. And I'm like, you know who we should hire to help us sort cards? It was the most obvious answer. Once it yeah. just clicked for both of us, yep. so we're like, the kid's been shopping with us for three or four <laughs> months. He's one of our best customers. And like, if I was he's 16, 17, something like that. And like, I, I used to go to, I grew up across the street from a card shop in a mall. And if I ever got offered a position, I, I would have 
lick the floors clean. I wouldn't have cared. <laughs> and so we were like, we got it. We got to see if he wants to work. And we asked him. He's like, yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Mm -hmm. So it's been going great so far. And it's really going to help streamline going through that collection and having a real like kind of hard cost associated. I think with that, that the toughest part about buying collections is that you have to separate the fun from the work. Because it's awesome to buy a yeah. bunch of cards and have a bunch of you know numbered stuff, autograph stuff, yeah. cards you haven't seen before. Like I, I get excited, you know. Like here's a, a, a you know a box full of five thousand cards, and I don't know what any of them are. I can't wait to look through them, see what's in there, find some gems, see some cards I used to have, see some cards I want to have. And you have to separate the fun from the work because at the end of the day, too, like you said, this is a business, yeah. and we have to try and make money. Um, you know, try obviously if we want to keep the doors open, you gotta you gotta make some money. And you know, we're lucky that we can kind of piggyback off of the furniture aspect of it. And so we don't necessarily need the cards to be like this huge money maker right now because we've been in business for years doing furniture. We know that we have the customer base for furniture. We know we have, you know, our, our Facebook page for the, the furniture portion of the shop. Think has five or six thousand likes we get a lot of interaction from people locally with the furniture stuff so we can kind of use that to help us continue to keep scaling the cards until it can do a yeah, little i mean bit if more. you were just looking from a monetary basis it, this wouldn't be and it's not going to be it's like a lot of businesses they're just not profitable for, for mm -hmm. a while and like we we accept that and you know we we know that this is kind of a journey and it's it's you know we're putting our best foot forward every day that we're doing it um, but like the goal is eventually once you build that loyal customer base and have the right product and continue to deliver the same experience, then, you know, it's going to, it's going to get a lot easier and it's going to be more profitable. But right now it's just, it's one of those things where we know it's not always going to be a win, but we, yeah, we couldn't have picked the worst time. Yeah. You know, we're like <laughs> post COVID there's less people going out and about and the hobby is as hot as it's ever been. And we're like, you know what, let's just have a card store. Let's open it up fresh. We have no inventory. We have no distributors. Let's just see what happens. And, uh, you know, we kind of, I think we started with like two shelves and two display cases. Yeah. And we have seven display cases and four shelves now. And we have, you know, all the different boxes of, um, you know, you know, stuff for people to search through. And I, and I think that it, it's going to take more time to continue building it the way that we want to build it. And, and that's another tough thing, too, is we both want it to be, we're both kind of like driven to be the best that we can be. And we know that it's tough to do that right now. And, uh, but we're very fortunate that we're able to kind of piggyback off the, the furniture aspect of the business to help us continue to grow it the way we want to see it grow. How many, uh, how many times is like one of your loyal furniture customers walked in and just, what the hell are you guys doing? What, it's happened, it happens more and more now. Yeah. The great part is, is or we joked around about it in the beginning, though. And we said, doesn't every town have a, a furniture and a card shop? But the reality is, at some point, everybody, somebody's going to change the furniture in their house, whether they, they move or they just want to update. There was a lot of updating during like the pandemic. Mm -hmm. But the reality is that if you've got a kid, I mean, there's a there's a decent chance may not be sports cards, but it's it, there's you, you know kids have hobbies and yeah. Well, we didn't isolate ourselves to one sport or one particular. Like we have Pokemon, we have uh, mm -hmm. there's MetaZoo, there's there's other products than just sports cards, and we've seen a lot of people coming through the door. They're like, when did you guys do this? And they'd have their kids with them, and then they're kind of like, oh great, because now I, they know the kids are gonna go flock over to the Pokemon. They just walked into the grocery store and accidentally started in the cereal aisle, man. And the kids yeah. are like, ah. 
So, but it's 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 definitely parlaying itself. It, it lends more of a hand than you might think. Um, but um, yeah, it's it's been it's been going good. I, I think I think a lot of the ways we're branching out has been doing the card shows, you know, and, and going out and, and talking and meeting with people and yeah. and just spelling it out and saying, hey, you know, we're we're here and we're doing this. We're on all the social media platforms trying mm -hmm. to pump it. We're doing everything we can. So. I mean, y'all have a successful business and you're talking about this one, you know, it was part of the business, but you know, long-term with fanatics coming in, I mean, well, let me take a step back. I mean, you talked about the work you're putting in now with your distributors, you know, you're paying a premium and you understand that and it's before the relationship building makes sense to me, but with the news of fanatics and all this, do you have any concerns about that moving forward and maybe those distributors well, changing or being removed? So I, <laughs> it's, it's hard. I, I mean, Fanatics has come out and they've kind of said that they kind of want to be like an all-purpose type thing. Yeah. But to some degree, I feel like they probably don't want to lose hobby shops, right? Like you still – you can't constantly just sell products to people if they also can't sell it and trade it and do other stuff with it. So if they completely cut out hobby shops 100% and, and who knows, they might. They, they probably don't need hobby shops to distribute their product and make a ton of money. But I would think that they would probably want to have at least some kind of hobby shop program for authorized retailers to be able to have some products in store at, you know, affordable pricing. I guess time will really tell on that. Um, but, you know, it's definitely a concern that we're putting in time paying up on products with our current distributors. Um, but again, they're not all sports products. And, you know, so we won't, you know, some of the distributors mm -hmm. we're working with, it's, it, they have products other than the sports cards that mm -hmm. we are getting from them as well. So, and, and it's not, you know, Pokemon um, and potentially other types of, you know, collectible card games like that in the future could be on the table for us here, depending on how the growth really goes. So it's a little concerning because we just don't know what's going to happen with Fanatics and really what they want their overall agenda to be with it. Um but I don't think it's it's really deterred us from kind of going forward with the plan that we have set for ourselves in the meantime, because um, we're, you know, four or five years away from that. So, you know, for the time being, we're just going to, you know, kind of keep trudging the way we're going yeah. and, and grow it that way. And I feel like one of the advantages like that we have, and I've said this about the furniture or the cards, it doesn't matter. Like we're 35, give or take a year. And one of the things we found with like this, the furniture business or even the sports cards is most of the people that have run the shops locally that do what we do, I don't want to say they're, they're aging out, but there's a lot of them that have closed down. They have said, we're done with this. We're tired with it. They don't want to get into the social media. They don't want to do everything to kind of walk into like the, you know, 2021 and, and keep their business afloat doing whatever they, they can do. It, it's not, it, it might just be because they don't have enough time or staff or what have you, but like, I feel like we have a little bit of an edge to kind of like move into things with a little bit more longevity ahead of us. I don't think we plan on retiring anytime soon. Um, I love and, a lot of. And I feel like that's <laughs> an advantage to, to us is like we can kind of wait it out and see how things go. And we, the one thing we've always said about our business is it's adapt or die. It doesn't matter what you do. So like if Fanatics comes out and changes the game and whether it's for better or for worse, like we're going to be there trying to figure it out along the way, like how we can keep this going. So I, I don't know that my two cents is worth a lot here, but I give a couple of thoughts on what y'all said. So first off with fanatics, I strongly believe with no evidence <laughs> that they do want uh, local shops around, 
But I think they're going to pick the cream of the crop. They're not going to let bad shops be the face of the hobby. They're going to they're going to distribute to good shops. I think they probably get rid of distributors and they they probably do it themselves. I mean, I, th I think they have that infrastructure. I could be wrong. I don't know. I'm just guessing. I think, I think so. For yeah. sure with the distrib distribution, I think they can handle that themselves. Right. So, you know, so I still think shops are going to be around. Now to the next point that you said, you know, when you look at a lot of shops, and I've been to a decent amount now over the last, you know, few years, and I went to a lot of shops when I was, you know, much younger too. And it's the same shops. They changed so much. You know, if you went to a shop 10 years ago, that sucker was pristine. They had clean wax, they had clean glass, and they had nice singles. But in my opinion, what happened is all these guys got old. I mean, it's kind of what you're saying, right? And it was, you had to keep up with the times. It is what it is. And then everything kind of blew up. And these guys, they had these relationships already with these distributors and they were making so much money on the wax. They just let the rest of the store go to hell because they're just, they're making, you know, hand over fist cash on the wax. And that's why, in my opinion, all these shops with the old heads running them, they went downhill really fast. I mean, everyone that I've been in, except for one, there's one exception that I know of Kenny's collectibles in Austin. Uh, every other shop that I've been in, in Dallas, Houston, in Austin, that's run by an old head, man. It's just, it's, it's trash. You can't walk around in there. All you can do is buy wax. I'm like, this is a waste of my time. What are we doing? Yeah. No, I, I, I agree with that. I think that there's that, that it's what you said with the, you know, the distributors, they always had the allocation, but the demand or the value wasn't always there. And as soon as it did blow up, that was where all their money was. So in one sense, I, I guess I get it because you're going to focus where most of your money can be made is from strictly a business standpoint. But the thing is, it's not just a sale that makes a business. So depending on, like you're saying, like the old heads that have been kind of like maybe at this for so long, maybe they don't want to go in a different direction. And I think you definitely see that in shops that you go into and and, and kind of it, it reflects very obviously. And that's oh, yeah. what things like. I, I, I don't want to say I'm a perfectionist, but I spend a lot more time on the small stuff than I probably should. than most people even notice, but it's because like, I think like we take pride and it's not just what we have, but it's like, you know, it's the presentation of it. It's, mm -hmm. it's having, making sure the stuff isn't stale. Like there's just a value in, in, in honestly, organically caring about what you're doing, but like people respond to that. And it's definitely one of those things like, heck, we're collectors. We shop just like anybody else does. And like, you definitely get that feel immediately when you just kind of walk into stores like that. Yeah. I mean, so many shops you walk in, they've got, you know, display cases out the wazoo and then you look in the display case and it's this long display case with like three levels and there's like six singles in there. It's like, what are you, what are you doing? Fill this thing up, my guy. Yeah. But they don't care. They're selling the wax, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I, it's definitely, it's something that we, 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 we are very conscious of. And, you know, if you were to ask me on any given day, there's nothing perfect about our shop, but I think that's important to kind of keep in mind is like, there's no level of like, this is good enough. Like it's always keeping your finger on the pulse and figuring out what you got to do to offer whoever's coming in through that door, especially now with the hobby uh, stuff, you know, what they want. We've, we've, we've told customers straight up just because we're trying to build this out and make it something awesome. Since we don't make much on the, the the hobby stuff, you know, listen, if you want something in the store, um, we'll buy it and we we just cover our fees. You know, just it's it's we don't have to make money on everything. But if you just build that relationship with someone that 
honestly just wants to come in and rip something and, and doesn't mind spending like the expensive prices that it can be at the secondary market that we're buying at. Like, yeah, we're happy to have people come in. And, and honestly, we have a kind of a it's it's just a, a ongoing thing. We just started. If you come in the store and you want to rip a box here or a pack or what have you, like we give you all the free sleeves in cases you sleeves want. And in terms, yeah, heads. like it's fun. We have, we have fun watching people rip product and open up. Yeah. Stuff. I mean, like that's that's half the hobby right there. What's What's the biggest rip that's happened in your store that y'all didn't open? You oh, two didn't open it. Someone else. Yeah. So, all right. <laughs> this is a great question. <laughs> so, a, a good friend of ours. So, I picked up a box of um, Prism draft picks first off the line this year from Panini's website during one of their Dutch auctions. And I was thinking about ripping it, decided not to rip it. And I texted another buddy and was like, hey, we're going to put this in the shop. I just want to throw it out there. Like, if you and, and the boys want to rip it, like, you know, I can get it to you pretty much for what we paid for it. Let me know. And he's like, I'll pass right now. Thanks. So we, we brought it in. And, um, you know, Prism Draft Picks, uh, the first up the one I want to say is. Um, is this basketball or football? Uh, this year's football with, you know, with Trevor and Trey and, and Mac. And um, so. We had it on the shelf for, you know, open for packs for, you know, a week or two. And one of our um, regular customers came in and he was like, I'll buy a pack if if you'll rip a pack. And I'm like, all right. And he left that. He, he left that. That's not the right way to make money. Yeah, yeah. No, that's not the right <laughs> way to make any money. And uh, so he left that day. He comes back a week later and he's like, let's do it. And I'm like, all right. So I, I put the five packs out on the counter and um, – I, uh, my brother-in-law works with us and I had him pick a pack for us and I had to cut our, our buddy Tim pick a pack. He picked the pack first and uh, I opened my pack. It was awful. Um, I don't even, I can't, I can't even tell you who the numbered card was. There wasn't a relevant player in there. And uh, so he opens his pack and he got a first off the line exclusive two of 13 Trevor Lawrence auto um, oh my gosh! Yep, and uh, so and we sent it into PSA for him, and uh, you know came back at ten. It was a beautiful card, and uh, sixty-five, or sixty-five, seventy-five hundred, or something like that. He got yeah, for it, just an absolute monster. That's awesome. And, uh, yeah, it was it was super cool. Um, for one person, for yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was cool. We got to put it on our Instagram yeah. and our and our you know our Twitter, and and it's a it was a beautiful card. The blue shimmer was super nice, but uh, that was hands down the the biggest card that's been pulled in the store so far. Yeah, I mean, that's obviously a memorable and awesome pull. Let me ask you a follow up that may be a little bit harder. What's the nicest pull y'all had in the shop that was not out of hobby? That'd be my chat, right? Yeah, you're. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so we had. Uh, man, we we still have it behind us. Actually, we have. Uh, we have a lot of boxes. Uh, uh, I don't know a lot, but we have some boxes of Topps Chrome uh, Update uh, 2020. And uh, you know, there's there's periods where stuff just doesn't move, and there's periods where stuff just flies out the door. Mm -hmm. And we hadn't been selling any of the 2020 uh, Topps Update. Um, they're just the retail mega boxes, and uh, it. You know, like any. <laughs> Like any good collector, you're looking for any excuse to rip. So I had a stressful day. <laughs> yeah. I had a had a good day. Had a stressful day. Doesn't matter. Uh, and I I have I have little you know there's little it's juju I guess where you walk up to a box and it calls you and you try to figure out you know you know which which one is more special than the other. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember that day. It was something I don't know exactly what it was, but at the top's logo was upside down. It's something stupid that never works. And uh, so I I grabbed the box. I took it home. 
and I had a buddy come over and we uh, sat down and opened the box. We did a little, we like to do pack battles because like, they're fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, he ended up uh, winning the pack battle. And then the final pack was a white card. And I didn't understand, I wasn't thinking redemption. And um, so I'm, so as soon as I realized it is a redemption, I'm like, oh my God, please be a Louis, Robert, a Louis Robert or Robert, however you say it. And uh, so I'm freaking out thinking, oh uh, gosh, it's going to be, it's going to be a big hit. It's going to be him. And I get down and I scroll the, I, I, we had a card hiding the, you know, the reveal and it, and it, uh, I pulled it down and I see Bo and I, my immediate reaction was, man, I missed it. It's not Lewis Roberts. <laughs> I'm holding the card and it took me about a second or two. And I look back down and I start screaming. It was a, it was a, a 25, uh, Bo Bichette. Man. Um, you know, it's just been sitting on it was uh, autograph and, uh, you know, it, it's been sitting on the shelf for, for a while. So, you know, that was good, I guess, PR, you know, just saying, hey, listen, you know, we're just, we got stuff here. It's, it's wait, it was waiting for someone to open. <laughs> yeah. I got tired of waiting and, and, and I figured I'd rip it. So I got lucky on that one. But we, we have customers hit from time to time. Nothing as big as those cards. But uh, yeah, it's, it's just, uh, you know, it's always fun to watch someone rip something big. Like doesn't matter yeah. who or that. Yeah, gonna be hard to top the Trevor, I would think, for a little bit. That well, both of those seem really hard to top. I mean, both of those are phenomenal hits. We did also. I hit a um, I hit a Zach Wilson downtown out of uh, a Don Russ mega box too. We uh, come out of, those are one in every pack now, right? I'm just kidding. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like all we're doing is ripping our own product. Yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> We've been just as much of a degenerate as, as oh, your ex collector yeah. sometimes, but mm -hmm. but you know we. <laughs> That's something we've reeled in for ourselves. Not as many little, breaks. Not as, yeah, yeah, not as much personal. A little bit. What so, I wanted to ask you this earlier. You talked about you buy a lot of collections. Who who do you buy collections from? Who's walking in and saying, "Hey, I want to sell this collection." You know, I mean, who are these people? Honestly, the, the, it's it's been um, you know obviously we meet people at the card shows that are going mm -hmm. to potentially look, and when they see that you're a store, and and so that's helped. But yeah. we've also had a couple of guys who are just you know collectors coming in and buying a lot being like hey i got a bunch of stuff yeah. i don't really want and uh, mm -hmm. i want to keep you know buying new cards but i have old cards i don't want so that's been good too and, and it's you know the biggest collection we bought was literally someone who was coming in once a week once every other week and buying stuff from us and you know then he was taking stuff that he didn't care for and he's like hey i got a bunch of boxes you guys want to go through it and see if you want to buy anything and yeah we i mean we find weird circumstances too like it's just it's organic it's natural we'll have like our postman or other people like tell their friends about this place and we had uh we had one customer come in told his buddy that we had a card shop he, he called up he said hey do you buy collections I said yeah it depends what you have but you can bring it in we'll take a look at anything and the kid uh brought it in he had been to a other local card shop and he said he wasn't happy with the offer they made and so we were like well you know we don't if you don't mind sharing you know what what they offered like i want to make sure my offer isn't going to be as insulting as you thought theirs was but you know i understand you know yeah. you don't want to tell tell someone what you got offered so i'm looking at the collection and uh we ended up i think it was about i think so i think what we did is we we i talked with him for a little bit and we came back to the kid and i said kid he's a 25 year old guy or something like that and he uh uh, we come back to the front room, we go, listen, you know, yada, 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 the time and labor and all that that goes into it. We would be able to offer you $1,200. And 
and I have never seen a person with a worse poker face in their entire life. His eyes lit up. Oh man! Just, he was so shocked that we he must have been offered a quarter of what we offered. Yeah. And he so he's he you he's just wearing it on his face. And mm. I I gotta I gotta I gotta give him uh, respect for for trying. And he did work us for a little <laughs> more. But he goes after after he just lets it all out on his face. He goes. Could you guys do thirteen hundred? And I was like, "Oh man!" <laughs> well, we settled at twelve fifty or something like that. But uh, oh, it just—it's just random. You'd never know. And a lot of—we're finding a lot of people that come in. They're talking about, you know, I have my kids' collection of Pokemon cards. I have my—I have my kids' cards when they were a kid. Oh, my husband used to collect. They've had cards sitting around. And we've had so many of those conversations, literally in the last weeks. It's very recently where. A lot of the what we're doing now with the collections, it's it's just we're talking to people and the seeds planted, and 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 who knows, you know, it's it's like when you advertise, whether it's on TV or radio or YouTube, like you don't know when the the person's gonna kind of get hooked on what you're selling or or enjoy the experience. It may not be immediate. It's sometimes it takes time, so it could be a month or two or three from now when some of these people come back. But we just hope to hope to kind of put our best foot forward with that initial impression, you know. And we think all these kids. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Anthony. I was gonna say, and we've had uh, we've had people see pictures of the furniture because we advertise all of our furniture on Craigslist, Facebook Marketplace, yeah, and our website, obviously. But we've had people see photos in the front room, and they and they'll message us and be like, "Are those Pokemon cards in the background? <laughs> we have cards there." And we're like, "Yeah, we do." And then and, and so like we've also just organically caught people from you know them kind of spying in the background the display case or the sealed product, so. That's been that's been really funny to get those kinds of messages where someone will message about a couch and I'm going to answer a couch and they're like, hey, is that celebrations back there that I see? <laughs> I was in Walmart last week and I was buying. So I have a rule for myself, which I haven't been perfect with, but my rule is lately I don't open the product here. I go to the retail store and I'll 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 justify you know whatever I find there I'm going to open for myself. And I've been okay with it lately, but I was in a Walmart last week and I, I bought a blaster or something or the other. And there was a girl in line that had just gotten the same, you know, uh, the same person to help her with the cards. And uh, I just turned to her. I was like, hey, listen, I was like, I'm not, I know this is awkward or whatever, but I mean, obviously, I, I don't know, to some capacity you're in the hobby. I was like, I have a sports card shop. It's in a furniture store. It's here's the card. You know, it's, I feel, I feel so uh, cheesy doing stuff like that. I don't like that kind of, but I, it's just, you sure. do whatever you got to do. And honestly, people are receptive. No one's, you know, you just tell them who you are, what you do. And if they never come, they never come. But, you know, you got to spread the word however you can. Hey, I've been that way on eBay, man. I'd be like, hey, nice collection. Want to talk about it on YouTube? And, you know, like, I mean, <laughs> like, you know, actually, there's, kind of there's a guy just, uh, just like that. Uh, I saw his card. He has a Ryan Mount Castle. Uh, just again, since I'm, you know, trying to collect them, he has the Super Factor autograph on eBay. And I, I, I've had my eye on it for like a month now. And uh, I'm not touching it. I don't, I can't afford it. I'll be in a lot of trouble if I do. Uh, <laughs> so I, uh, I was on one of the Facebook groups. I was scrolling through and uh, I saw it. I saw the super factor on there. And I actually just, you know, I messaged the guy and I was like, listen, I was like, I, I probably couldn't trade you for anything you wanted or, you know, be in the, the, the right ballpark. We had a nice conversation. It was totally just, you know, it was a little bit about the card and then it just went elsewhere. Stuff about the hobby, grading services, just, you know, just different things. So it's, it's just one of those things where it's, I mean, you do a great job of it. You network with so many different people. And and it's it's just fun to listen to and expand your mind and talk to people that know stuff you don't know about. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, I know. It, I mean, I joke about the eBay thing a little bit, but I mean, I think most people know. Like, I really like game used jersey stuff, and it's it's actually kind of a small subset in the hobby. Not a pe- not a lot of people dig that stuff, and I'm I'm always searching for that stuff on eBay. It's just what I buy, and so I, now I know these. You know, there's some dealers. I'm like, man, these guys have some nice freaking game. You know, they've been buying it for a long time, and I'll message them and just ask, and it's just. It's just fun to hear people's perspective and their opinions, you know, that's all. I wonder personally, you brought up fanatics before, but I, I wonder, you know, I, I've heard you talk about it. I've heard other people talk about it. Like the, the big issue, and it's a valid issue to have with the jersey cards is, is you know, you, you, sometimes you see it on a card where it says it's a game-worn jersey and you literally flip the card over and it says it, you know, it was not worn at a specific, you know, time or game or what have you. I wonder how, I wonder how fanatics is going to, uh, kind of approach that. I mean, given the fact that, you know, they're as big as they are and they do what they do, I would, I would assume everything hopefully in the future is going to be game worn. Well, you know. well, so there's two things to that. So one, I don't think every, well, one, the answer is no, not everything will be game worn because it can't be because rookie, rookie jerseys aren't going to be sure. game worn. They've yeah. really never been game. You can find them, you know, they're usually the higher end sets that were made towards the end of the year. But for the most part, that's always event worn. Um, but I, they just, at least the way the markets, the hobbies ran today, there's so much printed they won't be able to do exclusively game worn. But I mean, I am optimistic we see more game worn. Yeah, I don't know. And more sets other than just the high end, though, because you right. see so many sets that just have like the napkin patch. And I just, I, I personally would love game. I like game worn stuff a lot more than just like the the player worn. Yeah. But, you know, like with Don Rush, they have the holiday sweaters. I'm like, okay, it's like a cheesy gimmick, but like, yeah, some people like that, but like. I want that patch that's got the dirt. Like, you know that he you oh, know, yeah. it was in the ground and, you know, he made a tackle or, you know, got to or whatever it was that, you know, like, right. you know, I think that is like, a, you know, a, a much cooler relic to have than this very generic, like the player put a jersey on and did that 500 times one day. Then they cut it up a bunch of times and shipped it out in every set. Yep. I, think, I think Neo was saying something about, I mean, he was just speculating, same as we are, right? right now but like he was saying you know it'd be kind of cool if like fanatics did something where it was like from a specific game gave you the details of the you know like the particular well, i know i had a guest on who kind of talked about this a little bit and um it's, a, it's so it's a great idea i mean so if you look at the early 2000s game use stuff not every card would say it but some would say it was worn in a specific game i think i have somewhere around me a breeze it was worn i know what game it was worn in. like it's pretty cool that it says that and then the earlier top stuff had stickers on the back and you, you could kind of look it up and you could kind of tell where the Jersey was from, but it would be nice with fanatics having the relationship with the leagues and with the unions, if they could give us more details on the Jersey for the Jersey in the car, especially like for the exquisite stuff, you know, whatever it's going to be fanatics, exquisite or flawless, you know, for the really high end stuff. I mean, give us that detail. You know, it seems like, it seems like a small ask. You're not, you know, they're not they're not putting anything on the back of the cards right now anyway so you might as well put when the game was from right I agree with that yeah that's a good point yeah um oh, I was just game used oh I wanted to say you talked about the like some say it says game used on the front and player worn on the or it says not worn a specific game event whatever on the back I think tops is the one that does that and when I see that I do believe that it's game worn I think they're just saying on the front like it's a game used jersey but it's not from a specific game like it's game used, and that's what we know. We don't know what event, what game, whatever. That, and that's how I see it, but I, yeah, I don't know. With baseball, they're playing so many games, it would probably be pretty hard to keep track 
of all those jerseys that they're cutting up for those. I, would I guess think. To, to what are you saying though? Like those expensive sets, that's, those are the ones you really want to have something special. I mean, you're, you're paying such a premium, especially when you're doing like the, you know, the one-on-ones with one letter from the back of their Jersey. Yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? If you're going to take that kind of care and make those kinds of cards, you would think that you could get that little bit. So someone knows that they're collecting, you know, all those same pieces from the same, you know, the actual same Jersey and not just, you know, different letters from different jerseys to make the yeah. name. I think I saw uh, an interview on Sports Sports Cards Live, I think Jeremy's channel. Or, uh, I think that's right. And it was a gentleman who I think was in charge of buying jerseys for maybe a, a manufacturer or for, yeah, for a card manufacturer. I'm not 100% sure. But what he was saying was that the way it's bought today is it's bought through auctions, right? So I guess the league somehow put it into an auction and it gets auctioned off as a game used jersey and that's kind of it. So, but then, you know, like we were just saying with Fanatics having the deal with the leagues with the unions then maybe they can have just one more peek behind the the curtain and, and know exactly when it was used i have such a hard time i don't know how you feel about this I, I, it's just my own personal i mean everyone's got their own some people doesn't matter to it all but i i don't mind you know you have the hall of fame greats that they do like patches for and they do bat relic the bat relics never really got me because it's just it's not a particular you know obvious part of the bat that's that's super special but it, it kills me because i started thinking about you, you see some of the patches where they're like a there's like a cool like a pinstripe or a logo and what yeah. and you start thinking like you know the modern day stuff that's really cool but then you're thinking of the, the vintage the, the old stuff like they're actually like they're taking just such a really cool piece of history and yeah, you're getting to like share it with like everybody out there, but it's it's just it's almost sad. It's a little bittersweet. A little jersey gets chopped up in the or a jersey gets chopped up in a bunch of little pieces. It's I mean, yeah, as someone who likes cards and likes those cards, like I don't mind it. But I would say too, my, I mean, my focus really has been on twenty, you know, two thousands game use jersey stuff because for the most part in the two thousand it was all game use. And if you look in that era, especially in football, the greats, man, Unitas, Peyton, everybody from the forties and the fifties, Sammy Ball. All their game used jersey stuff comes from that 10 year period. There's nothing afterwards. And either all the jerseys got chopped up or all the ones that got chopped up or have been chopped up, you know, what one one way or the other. So like I do I do see the sad part to it. Um, but I don't feel bad about buying that stuff because it already happened. I, I wasn't trying to yeah, go trip yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I personally love patches and I'm like, here's why I don't like patch cards. No, I mean I see your argument, but also I would say I mean look, because I like cards, so I, I like it being in cards and I mean how many of those jerseys need to be properly like that's true they could be you know held and put up somewhere yeah i don't know yeah so i don't know it's an interesting question i'm sure chad will have opinions about that but how you idiot no you can't chop them up what are you doing stop it <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, i think more people would probably have to agree with you that's yeah. i'm gonna call you a sports card vegan you know no no meat <laughs> product no 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 jersey product sure. yeah. <laughs> yeah i want the whole jersey or none of the jersey um we were uh, one thing I wanted to mention. I, I didn't know if you actually like. I, I know you're you're not. So I don't know. You don't. Do you participate in like online group breaks? Is that something you personally have like have done or enjoy, or is that not so much for you? I did them back in the day when they first started. Man, I have so many Case Keenum rookie autos because I bought <laughs> and stuff in 2012. But uh, I talked about it a little bit with Starstock because I some of the stuff they did I thought was cool. I did not buy into any. I'm not opposed to it. They were doing curated breaks, so they were doing really cool sets. 2014 Panini Excalibur stuff. I mean, just wild stuff. You know, I'm like, that's pretty cool. Uh, I'm not opposed to it. I think it's a fun way to buy into stuff. I haven't done it recently, but that's mostly because I'm pretty targeted in what I'm collecting right now. So, like, I have I have things that I want to spend my money on, right? So, it makes it easier, but I'm pro-breaking. I think it's good for the hobby. 
Yeah, it's something that we've looked at and we've spent a lot of time figuring out how to do it right. As a matter of fact, it's been something we've looked at looking at for I don't know, three or four months. Honestly, we've been talking about it and talking about it. And it was like one of when we first started talking about starting the shop, one of the, the big ideas was like if we got into breaks, it would be a lot easier for us to start building up these allocations faster, buying a ton of product, breaking it. And, and, you know, getting it out the door for people, that would be a great way for us to build up, you know, with our distributors. And, uh, but we also, you know, like we were saying earlier, we want to do everything right. And we just, we didn't feel like we were prepared and ready to take that on at the time. And, you know, that's something we're still, you know, working towards. We want to make sure that when we do, you know, breaks that we're, you know, offering a good product at a good affordable price and, that people have fun with it so yeah i think that's a i think that's a huge way of not only growing for us you know that you you know whether or not it's someone that actually wants to break with us or some people are just voyeuristic they want to just watch a break it doesn't yeah for someone and and like that's that's one of the ways like we built the website at this point it is live it's not doesn't have things on it uh to purchase yet but um we we basically we want to grow with the local community of people, but we also know that it's not entirely sustainable to rely completely on your local, yeah, local crowd of people. And like, that's, that's kind of like where, you know, when we sell on eBay, we're trying to reach people at the end of the rainbow and we're, we're definitely going to start doing breaks where we're, we're offering them to anybody, Joe Schmo from Tuckahoe that wants to break with us. And so we're, we're excited about doing that. I mean, that's just the next kind of way to branch out with what we're doing here. What's, what's the website's name? So it's GG Cards and Breaks, um, and uh, that's um, there's a couple of tweaks we got to make. Everything's just kind of uh, so the 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 breaks aren't live, but we have placeholders and images in place and, and what have you. But we've modeled it after our regular website, which is GideonsGallery.com, but it's just completely card. I like how y'all are saying that we're thinking about breaks. We're thinking, well, meanwhile. You put in there GG cards and breaks, you know, in the bottom. You got it in your website. You know you're doing breaks. You just well, no, there. we. So I guess I preface that in a way that kind of yeah. It we had been thinking about for three or four months and talking about it. And for me, I, I the last I've spent a lot of time in the last week or two to build that website out and, and make sure it, it works the way it's supposed to. So I think we're we're right at that cost. But we we made it live. We just want to make sure the interest is there. And uh, I think that's something that, you know, like that, that's our next step for us as the shop is just to kind of go in that direction. It's, it's scary, though, because there's a lot of work on the backside. You know, people don't mm -hmm. see that all the all the shipping and sleeving and, and whatnot. So it's, you know, it's it's another way we're trying to grow this out. But um, I think we're at that point. Where we're going to take that leap. And, you know, worst case, it doesn't go well and it's too tough to handle. I mean, we only have four workers that that are here, including uh, me and him. Five now. Five now. Five now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's just it's doing what you're doing as much as you can with what you have. So yeah, yeah. absolutely. Heading that way. Yeah, you know, with breaks, I've, you know, I'm never gonna do a break. It's just so much work. Even when I did a giveaway, I was like, this is too much shipping. This is a pain in the ass. What? Yeah. I watched you break a mosaic box a month or so ago, and I, it looked it was a struggle just getting the camera on the card. <laughs> yeah. Well, and because I'm just breaking that for me, you know, I'm not saying yeah, And then, yeah, you got to get it all up, man. I would be so scared because I'd hate to get put on one of these channels when they're like, this guy, they completely switched the card out, you know? And I'm like, oh my God, that's how you ruin a reputation. You got to oh. make sure that stuff is on camera uh, 100% of the time. There's no switcheroo. Now, I'm a worrier. I'm a worrier with that myself. I tend to worry about everything, anything and everything that could go wrong will go wrong. But that's why I feel like we were at the point where, We've kind of we're ready to take that jump, and I feel comfortable enough that we're going to go in that direction. But it's it's just again, it's just trying to get people aware of what we're doing, and 
you know, we'll see where that goes. And that's why we've been doing the local shows, and that's why we're, you know, we trade we're trying to do awesome. trade nights every yeah. every yeah. You know, every month, maybe. And y'all got space and places to sit, so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we cleared that whole front room out with the furniture that we have and set up tables, and uh, it was fun. We, we gave drinks, food, you know, what have you. Just people just came and chilled last time. We did a couple of razzes and just – it's just it was just fun it was it was it was seeing all of our customers together and like at yeah. the same time it just it, it's got a it's got a pulse to it mm -hmm. there's a lot of different you know hobbies that they kind of have like night events you know yeah. i don't know well you know people that play magic they know about friday night magic and the release nights you know it kind of goes into the night and even you know video games back in the day you had release nights you know people would stand in line at game crazy or whatever I think just having an event that someone can go to like once a quarter to kind of hang out with people that like the same thing, you know, at night, you know, have some dinner or whatever, just chill out. Like, I think that's good for any hobby, sports cars, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter. I think, I guess it helps build a community and then maybe that helps garner more trust and desire to be part of that community. I don't know. It seems good to me. I think trade nights are a good thing. Oh yeah. It was, it was a lot of fun. I mean, we ripped, we sat down with the, a lot of our customers and we just, we, we were trading and ripping and, and, and just, you know, it was, it was as much for as selfish as it sounds as much yeah. for us as it was for them, you know, like, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun and we got to see a, a ton of cards that, you know, I, you, not, not everyone always brings out yeah. their best stuff when they come to the store. Sometimes they might come with a couple cards they're looking to sell, but they're, yeah. you know, they're coming in to pick something up for themselves to go home and rip and, so we, you know, we had ten different people, twelve different people come in with a bunch of their own PC cards, and we got to, Man, you know, take a look at some of their stuff and see what they had. And you know, we had some guys making some big trades in here, and you know, we had a couple of the local kids come through, and and it was it was definitely fun. And I, you know, we thought it was pretty um, pretty successful for you know where we're at right now with the store. I think we had maybe fifteen different people come through for our very first one, and and, and we were really excited about that. And then I had people reaching out to me after, you know, whether it was Facebook or, or whatever, just being like, you know, I, I, or when they stopped from the store and they're just like, I'm, I, you know, let me know when the next one is. I, I, I missed it because, uh, you know, this was going on, but yeah. that was an awesome idea and I want to come. And so it's, we already are kind of seeing some, you know, people are, are, are pretty amped about, you know, the next one and the next one. And so that, like you said, with community, that's really cool to see that we're actually kind of starting to have a little bit of a local community and, and, there's a couple of local shows that happen and uh, it's, it's really cool to start grabbing more people at each of those shows and kind of, you know, introducing ourselves to them as, you know, as this portion of what we do and not just the, the furniture that we've been doing for years now. Y'all said there's a, there's another shop in, in, uh, in town and uh, you know, it sounds like y'all are at war with them. When are you going to lay siege and take them over? When are you going to become Kings? Of, oh, of I, we, feel, we feel a little bit bad for the guy. He's had a rough year. So he's, he, like I said, he's, he's, there were two big card shops growing up. It was him. It was another guy who's, who does most of his sales, I believe on online. He's, he's yeah, got a shop, but he's not open to the public. Yeah. So there's really, if you really want to consider like what's a card shop in town, there's some places that, you know, sporadically carry product, but it was when we started a year, however long ago it was, it, it was just us and him. And he, you know, you talk about things working in your favor. He's been around forever. So everyone knows about him. Well, he actually got broken into three times in the last, uh, I guess six to eight months. Now it was over a three month period. I guess with the, the end result was a couple of guys from, I think it was Brooklyn or finally the city. Finally caught the they had come in, they'd uh, broken in, they smashed, uh, one of the times they smashed his front door and then they took a bunch of product. And then a month later, they, 
they did the same thing, smashed the window, took a bunch of product. And the third time they had the cops staking out and they were, it was like three 30 in the morning. And, uh, you know, the cops just walked in right after the guys walked in and, you know, just apprehended them. And it's like, that was scary. I mean, that really sucked for him. Cause like he, the guy's just trying to make a living doing what yeah. he's always doing. And then on top of that, like, it's just, you know, you keep getting beat down and beat down just trying to do that over the course of time. It's like, he, he I think he was probably, I'm not going to speak for him, but he, that's got to test your patience with being in the business you're in. And we're sitting here going, Oh, great. Maybe we don't want to get found out as soon as, you know, the, 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 the more you, the word gets out there, the more likely stuff like this might happen. But you know, that's just, that's, there's bad eggs everywhere. Like, yes. Yeah. We, we got to do, we lock up the cases and you know, if someone's they're glass cases, you know, if, if someone's going to do go through the process of being a criminal, they're going to, yep. they'll find a way to get what they want. Yep. Absolutely. All right, y'all. I've asked a lot of questions and said a lot of stuff. Y'all got anything specific y'all want to talk about? Any questions? Any thoughts to share? No, I mean, I'm just uh, well, we just appreciate the time yeah. getting to sit here and talk with you, man. I mean, I, 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 I'm not. I just I watch your 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 channel and Mio's and everybody that you guys kind of talk to all the time. And like the fact is, like my my horizons have expanded, being able to kind of like link up and figure out who some of these people are in the hobby just by watching your program. So I'm a big fan. I just I really appreciate you sitting down and talking with us and giving our us our, our you know two seconds. Yeah. Of, it's well, all, yeah, all yeah. I appreciate y'all will you know being willing to do it. It's um. I, don't know, I think it's good for the community, for the, you know, people in the community just uh, to, to chat like this. You know, I, I like a long form discussion, so I guess maybe I, I, I just enjoy it. So it's just for me then, I guess. Yeah, it's much appreciated. No, yeah, well. absolutely. absolutely. A lot of fun yeah. just to, to sit down and talk cards. And, you know, that's, I mean, that's honestly part of the reason why we started doing it, just to have fun at work. Heck and, yeah. You know, not that furniture isn't fun and not that we haven't done it for a while, but, you know, this is something that just kind of, like I said, you know, you're excited to go into work and, and see who comes through and, and see what people are pulling or what they're collecting or who they're PCing. It's just been a really fun experience. To, yeah, and uh, if you're ever in Syracuse, New York, part yeah, of that. Come, come, come visit the shop, man. We got There's you. There's two shops there. I'll make sure to visit one of them. <laughs> <laughs> all right, y'all. We'll tell the people where to find you on uh, all the socials. And then we got ggcardsandbreaks.com. So we got that site. Where else can people find you? Yep. And then if you're uh, if you're ever in the area and uh, you, you do want the furniture that we offer in the store, mm -hmm. um, you can just find us at gideonsgallery.com. Uh, it's G-I-D-E-O-N-S, the word gallery.com. And uh, yeah, you can go to either of those one of those sites and see what we're up to. And uh, we're here. We're open seven days a week. I don't know why I did that, but we, we did it yeah. and we stuck. <laughs> so we're open every day of the week. Yeah, and our, <laughs> Instagram and Twitter at the moment are still just based off of you know the OG the Akiti okay. on those. Um, so we uh, we do have a you know a Facebook page, and we'll probably get some socials dedicated to the cards going here in the future. But for right now, it's just the the original Gideon's Gallery. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you both very much. I appreciate the time. It was it was a wonderful conversation, gentlemen. Likewise, awesome. thank Dakota. you very much. Appreciate yeah, it. Absolutely.